Stressed, Brian. <laughs> I am stressed. Very stressed. <laughs> is it because Jason Garrett is a new analyst on Football Night in America on Sunday nights? It doesn't help. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. Breaking news, Brian. He's the new Drew Brees. He is. He was replacing. He's the new lifeless, stupid <laughs> analyst on <laughs> Sunday Night Football. I mean, of all the shocking news that has been made about people, you know, whether it's announcing football games, analyzing football games, hosting studio shows for football games. I I way better understand throwing a ton of money at Tom Brady than I do if for hiring Jason Garrett. <laughs> right. Right. Except it just highlights how absurd the Brady like it's like 300 million to get Tom Brady or like, I don't know, just make Jason Garrett. Like, I don't understand how these people who are supposed to be like smart people, how they like think through these decisions. You know, it's like we either spend a billion dollars on (laughs) Tom Brady. It's exciting. Or like, I don't know, Jason Garrett, whatever. Like, I I don't understand. Like somebody show me the spreadsheet. That's like, yeah, what's the ROI on 50 grand for Jason Garrett or 300 million for Tom Brady and how they expect those returns to, uh, you know, pull through. I don't know what Jason Garrett's making, but I want to know what it is. And even before I know the number, I already want to make the argument that he's more overpaid than Tom Brady. Than Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't understand. The guy was a terrible head coach and an even worse offensive coordinator. Why do I want to hear from him? Right. What's interesting? Like, what am I, um, what am I getting from that? What do I? <laughs> it was also kind of just infuriating reading the, uh, just like the cast of who's going to be on that show because it's Jason Garrett. It's, you know, uh, Chris Collinsworth's son. And then also Phil Sims's son you know chris sims who at least chris sims had an nfl career right who's chris collins what is chris Collinsworth's son yeah exactly jack collinsworth with no k jack with no did k. he play college football at least or something yeah he played in notre dame okay but right. again like he's probably good i guess right he's like, fine whatever <laughs> but right. it's just like the whole cast jason garrett you know yeah jack collinsworth i guess those are the two main people i have the problem with i don't know why i bring the whole cast down with them but let me give jack collinsworth a piece of advice just start your career with accepting it into your heart and that maybe your first sentence on the air should be of course let's just get this out of the way of course i got this job because of my father and of course i'm very grateful for that fact and of course i acknowledge all of my advantages. Now, please judge me on the quality of my work. <laughs> you know, like, can we just receive that? Like, yeah. What, like, what's so hard about that? Like, why can't people do that? I can do that. And I don't even have that much success to show for it. But I can say <laughs> certain things that I've gotten where I've gotten based on certain advantages. What, like, give me that. Right. I just, I don't get, I don't get it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Just own it. Or just say, yes, it helped me get my foot in the door, and then I worked hard. But no, you didn't just get to where you are at your age just by happenstance. Right. It's It's not not a freaking coincidence. And, of course, your dad's talented at it. It would stand to reason perhaps you're talented at it. And I will evaluate you fairly. Whatever. Just give it to me up front. Just never get defensive about it. It's okay. Right. It's okay. You know, it's also, too, there's nothing wrong with, like, Kenny Albert, for example. You know, he's not in the number one slot for Fox to call games. He's not, you know, I I think he has a pretty acceptable role, which, again, did he get that job because of his dad? Of course he did. But to start off on Football Night in America is ludicrous. Right, 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 right. right. He's not on SNY. Like, even Brian Williams' kid is, like, Started at the bottom. Like, yeah. sure, he got his foot in the door, but, like, yeah. I know. Yeah. But I still find the Jason Garrett hire more offensive. But, <laughs> but Brian, 
you seem awfully stressed. Are you okay? No, no people are asking me a lot lately if I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. That's a warning sign. I got a lot going on at work. I'm buying a house. Uh, just a lot of pressure right now. Um, but I'm doing fine. I was saying we went to, you know, we're buying, purchasing a home, Scott, and I had not seen it. We had agreed to purchase it before I had been there. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I feel like that's unusual for someone in your financial circumstances. It sounds unusual, but like, you know, I trust my wife implicitly and her judgment is far better than mine. Um, and so it was fine. But so I were like, we're buying this house and then I go to see it. And I know I, everybody there is like really evaluating my face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's always, that's how you want to see the house you already own for the first time. <laughs> right. Well, I don't own it yet. Well, that's uh, true. Right, anyway, right, but right. like, you know, I'm just like, everybody stop doing that. Like, <laughs> because my yeah. face is not doing what you think it should be doing. And it couldn't. I could be over the moon about this place or not. And my face will not communicate to you what you think maybe it should. And I'm going to look deeply concerned and worried. It really has nothing to do with my reaction <laughs> to this house. It's just, one, I can't really, I can't get excited about it until it's done. Because there's all this crap that you have to uh, do to, you know, and there's a lot of brutal. money yeah. that has to change hands and checks to clear and wire transfers to be initiated and money moving around and you know, whatever. So I just can't, I'm not going to be there at the thing all like, yay, we did it. Cause we haven't done it. And right. the rest of it is very stressful for me. And all I can see is just like, Oh, this is that much money. And I just can't, it's not, but everybody was really focused on my face. You know, <laughs> there's just nothing worse. That is brutal. And I'm like my face isn't going to do what everybody thinks it should be doing, and but don't read too much into it either. I'm just this is my face. Like I don't know what to tell you. I do feel like that is something that anyone close to you should know by now at this stage. Is that your face? You're not giving things away on your face unless you find something funny. But like regular other emotions. Not on your face. I can think of a number of instances over the course of our friendship where I've looked over at you to try and get a read. And you have this, like, even when it's not sunny and we're indoors, you, like, squint like it's, like, really sunny. And you're, you're, like, you're like, you go like that. And, like, I've been, there have been a number of times that I've known you where I've been like, I wonder what's going on with Brian. I look at you and I see you being like, I'm like, I don't know what the hell that means. I see it all the time. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> Right. I feel like people are constantly trying to com discern what I'm thinking via my face. And I'm like, please, just stop it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with my face. I don't think I'm doing what I'm thinking. I don't, my face is, a, it's not, it's giving me away in many ways, but not always in the way I intend. Yeah. So, you probably should have gone to see it by yourself, honestly. Take the pressure off, form a, like a real opinion. Yeah, that's true. And then come back to everyone after. Yeah, I mean, probably should have gone to see it before, you know, agreeing to purchase it. So that it didn't feel like so much pressure on everyone, whether am I going to like it or not. Um, and I do. It's very nice. It's big and it's got some nice things. You know, it's it's just hard not to be discouraged just because in this climate. Um, oh, sorry, you, know, you cut out there a little bit, Brian. Uh, uh, no, I mean... I think that anytime you purchase a piece of property that it's hard to like, even if you love the place, even if it's like your face read exactly as everyone wanted your face to read, like you, you're spending so much money. It's impossible not to feel stress at the same time. So all your excitement is always tempered a little bit by the idea that like, oh, I'm going to give them all my money and then. <laughs> right, right. All of it, literally all of it. And then you're like, well, I don't have any money now. Um, and right. that's a stressful place to be in. Right. And I've seen the Zillow listing of this house of yours. It, it really does look nice. 
But I could also picture myself standing in that house and being like, this is what all my money gets. Right. You know, like right. in any house. I feel that way about my own apartment. So, you right. know, I'm, it's no like slam on the house. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, no, right. Absolutely. Like, why isn't yeah. it perfect? Why is it? Why am I looking over there and there's a thing I don't like? You know, like. Yeah, it's like, right. Um, Absolutely. Or, you know. But so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is exciting. I'm, I'm excited to excited for my children and uh they're known only apartment living in their lives so it'll be a whole new world for them and a new era no it is it's very it's very exciting it's a big yeah oh, it's I'm a big really deal. delayed huh <laughs> yes yes we are <laughs> compelling radio <laughs> huh. brian did you watch any of Live Golf? What is it called? Is it called Live? What had I thought it was a Roman numeral before? It's Live Golf. What does that stand for? Live. Life. But but there's no E, right? <laughs> right. But you're going to live golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're gonna live, but I don't know. Some people. <laughs> uh, you know, so did you watch? I didn't watch any of it. I wa- Well, I shouldn't okay. say I watched a few seconds of it. I wanted to just see the technology to see if it was interesting. It was not. Um, nothing that sweet or interesting or cool. Um, can I just say, I don't blame a lot of these guys who are like older players taking this like guaranteed money who like, like Charles Schwarzer who run the, won the first event won $4 million who's apparently he's won like 3.9 million in prize money in the last like three years on the PGA tour in one weekend. He put, he banked home 4 million. Yeah. Like how, um, how could you fault a guy? Right. And I don't know that I fully support, I think that PGA tour is doing the right thing and, you know, going so scorched earth. And like, it seems like there was a universe where these two things could have coexisted in some way. But for the love of God, could all of these guys who have gone over there just freaking say, I got a lot of money. It's a lot of money. You know, like this, like, it's good for the game. It's terrible for the game. Under no circumstances is this good for the game of golf. Like, or that that is in any way your motivation for participating in this. Right. Like, just come on. I mean, I also think, to tell you the truth, I feel like the more I read and listen to people say, you cannot fault these guys for taking the money, I then say, yeah, you can, right? Because there's just stuff in this world you can fault people for taking money for. In fact, we do it. We We do it to mostly poor people. We fault them for things that they do for money all the time, you know? Like, these guys are already rich. And I know we'll probably get, you know, you'll, you'll these stories about, oh, there's a lot of guys on the PGA tour that probably don't make as much money as you think. Like, right. But they still all make more than I do. So <laughs> like, you know, fine. Uh, and I'm not even complaining about that. I'm just saying like, all right, you're playing for the Saudis. They have been open. This isn't like some sort of media assumption. They have openly stated they want to have this league to improve their international reputation as a country, which they don't have a great one for good reason. And I I just think that you don't have to take that money. You don't have to do this. You did, they did have a choice. Like, I think it's just reached a point where with some of the, the, the commentary around it, where it's like, they have no agency at all. It's like, well, they were offered that money. So they, you know, they had to do it. Like, no, they really didn't have to do it. They chose to do it. And like anything else in this world, when you choose to do something, then that's on you. Whatever comes of it is then on you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it just seems like I don't know who to blame for like why it got so adversarial. Like you're talking about an eight event league, essentially, you know, where these players are getting offered a ton of money. Like, why is there not a universe where these two things could have coexisted? I guess because of the money they have, the PGA Tour 
feels like it's an existential threat if they lost all of their players over to this thing. Um, but you know, the PGA tour already like the four majors, they don't get that money. They don't have any stake in those tournaments. You have the WGC. That's another four events that is not, those are not PGA tour events. They count as PGA tour wins when you win them, but they're not, that's not money. The PGA tour gets, they don't put those events on like why. I mean, I understand this is another eight weeks now that they would not get access to some of their best players and that weakens, um, their product in a, now a significant way. Now you're talking about, you know, 16 weeks of the year that the PGA tour loses access to their best, um, you know, their best product. So maybe that for them is, is now that that's a bridge too far, you know, uh-huh. but it seems like there's some way where if this could thing could be a fun, different format that exists in the current state of golf, you know, um, I don't know. Well, and, and in that regard, where I do think this is actually probably good for golf, but again, not in the way that the players are implying or, you know, it's not the players, it's not their motivation or intention. But I do think this is good because it is, I mean, clearly the PGA is shook by it, right? Like, um, and, and this is, you know, I mean, golf is still pretty niche. Like a lot of people love it, certainly. But I mean... There's a lot of people who are now following what's going on in golf. If not just in the, you know, like I think this is great advertising for the U S open this weekend. Yeah. And I think that it's going to force the PGA to have to actually make some changes and, and do some things to make the game more interesting to, to do a better job. Um, Because I I still don't think this live thing is going to work out because I don't know, as far as I can tell right now, Phil and and Dustin Johnson are their biggest guys. And I mean, they are like, it's like this weird retirement fund for Phil Mickelson. Like what? (laughs) I I don't know. It's again, it's like when we're talking about like 300 million to Tom Brady, like $200 million for old ass Phil Mickelson to play in meaningless events with this bizarre team concept. Like anybody is going to root for like, Oh, I like Dustin Johnson's team. That's my favorite <laughs> right. golf team. Like, what planet are you living on that you think anyone right. is going to find that compelling? The only way this could have been interesting is, again, yeah, if you got all the good players. Like, it's all old guys. It's crappy fields playing for no stakes. Most of them are getting guaranteed money. So it's not even prize money on the line. It's literally like, I actually heard Steve Stricker, and he was like, I hate to say this, but it's like a member guest. That is, it has all the juice of, like, a company outing. You know, and like, so yeah, okay, you got Bryson DeChambeau. Like, people want to see Bryson DeChambeau win PGA Tour events and see how many he can win so that we can compare him to other greats from his era. Like, him beating Lee Westwood in some meaningless, nameless event. Like, it's never going to work. So, like, yeah, they've done, they've gotten some juice and... But like they'll never, it can never work without a meaningful number of the, like, you know, Ricky Fowler has like danced with the idea of joining. Of course, he's playing terrible. And yet he's like a marketable star. So this is perfect for him. Like get some guaranteed money when he stinks right now. But like nobody's going to flock over. That's not how golf fandom really works, you know? Um, So, I mean, the idea that it's going to succeed seems absolutely fanciful. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, too, uh, I, I was actually pleased to hear. I did uh, see and hear a couple things about how, um, you know, some of the guys who aren't participating in it, it's not just that they're not participating in it, but they're like, they don't like it. It makes them angry that it's there, and it makes them angry at the guys who went. Evidently, like, did Rory – I know Rory won a tournament last weekend. I heard he, like, kind of took a, a shot at the, the guys who were there. I mean, he's been really outspoken that he just hates it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, like, I think, too, like, yeah, I don't know. There was a way for these players, like, Phil Mickelson could have played a good role for all his PGA Tour brethren by using the threat of this to to coax concessions out of the PGA Tour. That would have been probably, like, a useful role for him to play. But he went the full way and he, you know, and maybe he felt like the PGA tour poked him in the eye and didn't take, didn't respect and show him any respect um, during this whole process. But like, 
you know, he also is only after like to me. Do the top like do the players on the PGA Tour make make enough in prize money? Maybe not, right? Like even the top guys, like it's like six seven million. It is lower than like sometimes it does kind of catch you by surprise, you know? Yeah. But those guys make so much money in endorsements. Um, you know, there's the guys who re- like the rank and file make, you know, a million bucks, million and a half. And that's with like major expenses of travel and coaches and caddies and equipment. I'm not equipment, but whatever, you know, lots of things that, that so yeah. it's a good living. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that was not his concern, clearly. Right. Of course not. It's none of their concern. It's exactly. It's just like we were saying uh, earlier with about Jack Collinsworth. It's just like, let's be honest. Right. Right. About the shitty parts of this. And then we could just start to evaluate it for what it is. It's just amazing. It's like every biggest bum in the history of the game. Every <laughs> like it's Greg Norman. Phil, Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau, Patrick Reed. It's like all the douchiest professional golfers of all time (laughs) gathering together. Ian Poulter, (laughs) Lee Westwood, just like Sergio. It's just unbelievable. You couldn't have like, it's like they all stepped forward. You know, it's like we were, it was like an experiment to identify if all the players you hated (laughs) are as loathsome as you always thought. And they stood forward and were like, identified themselves as like, yes, it is us. (laughs) me. Right. We are the worst. Also going to work for basically like a super villain. Right. Uh, Also, like, I love the idea that like, we who came up with this scheme of we need a way to like improve our, (laughs) let's launch a professional golf league. What? (laughs) Right. How about you bring oil prices down? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) How about you get gas to three bucks a gallon again? There you go. If they did that, they couldn't be paying Phil Mickelson $200 million, man. Right, I guess. But I mean, if you want to like improve your reputation, how about, you know, end the war in Yemen? Right. Like. Maybe stop murdering um, like journalists and let women drive. Women. Yeah, Do something right. crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I know. We'll launch a professional golf league. What? Who? I mean, how long would it take you to come up with that as a brainstorm in a brain? If you were in the Saudi royal whatever palace, <laughs> and you were part of the brainstorming session of how to improve the country's reputation abroad. How long would that meeting have to last before you personally would would throw out the idea? What if we started a golf league? I can't imagine I would ever have that idea. Like, ever. It's also too, it's like the exit. Let's gather up. I know I know how we're gonna get the rest of the world to like us. Let's get the least likable white elderly Americans right. together. They're also like arrogant and whatever. And let's make them the face of our country. Right. Why would you do that? Right. Or like, let's ruin the thing that old white men in America love the most. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The PGA Tour. (laughs) We'll ruin it. And that'll be, there we go. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. So do you have any any sort of tips for uh, for the weekend for the US Open? Any sort of betting? What what are your feelings? What are what's in your loins about wagers to place? I got nothing. In fact, I haven't even bet yet and I you're just reminding me that I need to. Um, I want to I will say this. I'm very excited that Tiger Woods is not in the field. Um, yes. That was my preference. I thought he should have skipped the PGA too, to, uh, PGA Championship also. I wish he had. I think the British, he should have played the Masters and the British this year, and that should be it. Um, so I'm glad he's not here. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything about the course. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it favors. Well, I've got nothing I, for you. <laughs> I've, looked, I've looked into it a little bit. The The course is apparently very difficult. Uh, whoever I was listening to, they were saying that um, they don't expect a lot of guys to finish the weekend under par. Really? Yeah. What do you yeah. know if it's playing as a par seventy or a par seventy-two? I don't. 
I don't know that. Okay, I can give you some odds, right? So do you want to know? Do you want to know like the top group? Do you want to give me a name and I can and I can give it to you? Rory is currently the favorite. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, coming off last week, he's at plus eleven hundred as the favorite. Justin Thomas right behind him at plus twelve hundred. John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler both at plus fourteen hundred. Cam Smith plus twenty two hundred. Uh, my guy Colin Morikawa is a little further down the line at plus twenty eight hundred. Um, anyone else you'd like you'd like to know about? He'd be a good. He's a good bet. Morikawa. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's always a good bet. At least you know currently. Right, especially if he's coming in not favored. I think he's always yeah. really good. Yeah, he can play anywhere. He's one of those kind of guys. You know who I've become a fan of as this year as I have you know dipped my toes into the pool i like this harold varner the third really yeah <laughs> interesting he's just... the guy who a few weeks ago was tied for the lead at 10 under at the turn and shot a 46 yeah. on the back nine yes you know, or 45 yes. yeah yeah pretty that's wild a, that's a guy i can relate to and he was like three under on the front to get into a tie for the lead and then i mean that's an implosion of like that i mean that's impressive at any level. <laughs> right. <laughs> An impressive collapse. You know, I, a friend of mine, um, my friend, my dear friend, Tom Borstein, who is a friend of the show, and um, he used to harp on this all the time to me, and I've, I, I uh, fought him on it for a long time and then realized he's right, about when the U.S. Opens are playing as par 70s. Um. They're just cooking the books <laughs> and trying to make these courses seem harder than they really are. Oh, you know? okay. Because, and I just, I like, there's something to the idea that like the, the course just plays differently at 70 because now you, making par is the thing. And that mindset of there's not those two birdies out, extra birdies out there for these guys. Uh-huh. But right. then I, the more I, th- and like, that just creates a different feel, you know, but like the more I thought about it, like it's mostly bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like you're just saying a 70 is even par when it's two under, you know? And right. like, okay. so like Augusta, we're like, oh, Augusta plays this way because, you know, it's not as hard as the US Open courses. Like it's every bit as hard. Like it just plays at a par 72 right yeah so a 68 is a four under like (laughs) right um i was like i just couldn't fight it anymore i'm like you're just right like that's just true (laughs) (laughs) well they will be playing at a par 70 right all right so then they're gonna tell you how hard the course is if a guy shoots 66 like he's six under right i see (laughs) Right. He played okay. great. That's a great round. So why are they just doing this for reputation? I guess because Augusta doesn't need that. They don't need it. They don't really want it. They like right. the swings of the eagles and bogeys and yeah. birdies. Right. I mean, who and wouldn't like that? It's probably why it, that tournament's so popular. It is why it's so popular. And the U.S. Open, they're just trying to create this feeling of like... And it, I mean, I guess the, the one um, counter to him is that it works. Like, it does create that feeling. Like... Guys are making bogeys and doubles and like they're at even par and one over. And it's like, oh, this course is brutal. It's just like, it's sort of a contrivance. Like it's sort of a fiction, yeah. but it does sort of work, I guess. Right. Right. Well, it's drama. It's, it's, you know, drums up excitement, different right. things to talk about. Yeah. It's just, it's sort of fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they could play it as a par 65 and be like, it's brutal. These guys are 10 over. It's like, <laughs> can't make a par out here but like right but ultimately it only really affects the announcers i guess right it just somehow it does affect the the vibe of the tournament the energy yeah but it is sort of baloney (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know useful fictions have their place in life i guess well i feel like you need to be having these conversations with actual pga tour players maybe this would relieve some stress for me 
no for the the players like, like i should tell them right don't think yeah. about it yeah yeah right don't yeah. let that get in your head right. think about it as 72 so that actually that was a par not a bogey right you're right i mean hole. they probably have their coaches who they probably say things like right. that like don't let it you're gonna make bogeys but like you're if you shoot 69 it's 69 it doesn't matter if it's one under or three under right right yeah yeah, yeah. maybe i'll drop that in colin morikawa is i'll slide into his dms with that right so, yeah maybe we'll become friends that's a good idea. <laughs> I'll tell him. I'm, I'm Wouldn't it be amazing him. if you did do it? <laughs> yeah. He was like, I never freaking thought of that. Right. <laughs> it comes on our show. That'd be great. You're, like, You're right. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm free as a bird. It's like a weight's been lifted. Yeah. Cam Smith, I feel like, is a great bet in any top five or top ten, but I wouldn't touch him as a winner. This is based only off of two majors I've watched him in this year. Right. I feel like if you're going to buy, if you're going to bet on Cam Smith, though, this is the time. Um, meaning the next six to 20, 18 months, I think. Okay. Because I, I don't think he's like a great professional golfer. I, maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, I think he's playing really, really well right now. Um, he's hot. You know, it happens. There's lots of guys who um, have their, you know, moment in, in time where they're seemingly in everything and then something happens. And I think Cam Smith is one of those, that type of player. And I think this is his period. Um, so the time is now on Cam Smith. To what degree does his Joe Dirt appearance impact your feelings about him? probably a decent amount okay <laughs> okay I, I just feel like for him someone's got to tell him like listen man it's not the joe dirt look that's the problem it's not it's that you kind of have like a rat face and right. maybe you're a nice guy but you have a rat face and this look this other thing the other things you're doing with the mustache and the hair makes you more rat like right and that's unhelpful <laughs> You want to be less radish. Yeah, yeah. I, his look, I guess I don't have like a problem with it. I just, any look that's just that, you know, it's like, okay, I guess. Like, that's so, like, he's so committed to it. Yeah. No, you're right. I think that's anybody I meet that, that's got a look. The first thing I want to do is just be, it's just like, say like, what is it? Just what's the deal here? Just explain it. What are you trying to convey to me? And let's right. just get that out in the open. Right, right. right and just like, right. And that would be easier for me than having to like infer it from this look. Is like, yeah. if it could just be like, you hand me a pamphlet that explains the look. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it's not like, and this is about Cam Smith, but it's just like, all right, what do you want me to say about your hat? You want me to say something about your hat. Right. I don't think I'm going to say the thing you want me to say. Right. What do you want me to say about your right. hat? Right. Or what do you want me to feel? What do you want me to think? Yeah. Do you care? I mean, obviously you care. Like, you're not doing it for no reason. Yeah. There is a girl that was friends with my sister-in-law who exclusively dressed up like she was a diner waitress in the 1950s. That was her whole, like, she, no one ever saw her not looking like that. Even on trips, things like that. And, but it's also something that their group of friends does not discuss. They don't talk about it. You're not allowed to call attention to it. You're not allowed to say anything about it. It's like, yeah. So then they had like someone who knows everybody in the group, but wasn't really part of the group was in the mix one night and was like, yeah, what is this all about? Like, <laughs> right, do you ever right. wear something different? And apparently it was like so weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> right. I can't believe that never happened before. I know. <laughs> like, how do you, and I just don't know how you allow a person like that to be in your friend circle without at least being like, what is going on? Right, right, right. Why? Why are you doing this? What yeah. is this? Right. Right. Because it's a lot of work. Sometimes just sweatpants sometimes is fine. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. She Putting that had... on everybody too. Forcing them. Daring them to say something after a certain point. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Nobody cracked and just was like, no. have you ever considered 
<laughs> I think it's also one of those situations where like every member of the group is just carrying so much baggage that they're worried that if they start the dominoes of calling people out, that their right. time will come. And so everyone's just like happy to just no one call each other out on anything. Right, right. Let this be the weirdest thing that anybody does. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Before people start investigating my picadillos. <laughs> Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, are you scared? I'm not. I'm not scared about that idea. I don't think the Knicks are going to do that. I think, but I th- also think even if they did, it's fine. Whatever. Like, I wouldn't be happy. I also wouldn't be, I wouldn't think it was any indication of a problem with the front office or, I don't know. I guess it would depend on, you know, how we got him. But. Right, right. I mean, he's only got one year left on his contract, and it's like a 20-something million, and then he'd be gone. So, like, you would definitely want to be really particular about what you gave up to acquire him. Right, of He's course. always hurt. He's not a bad player. Right. But that's what I mean. I just it, – it has not been the MO of this front office that we're going to be like, give away something good for one year of him. Yeah. That's I also don't know. The- I don't have any feel for – I mean, I, I know I said, I think, on the show that – I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna try to trade up for Ivy. I think that's what they want to do. Outside of that, I have no idea what they would want to do. I don't. I don't have a feel for what they want to do with Julius Randle. I don't yeah. get what they think of. Like, do they think they could just <coughs> make Emmanuel quickly the starter? <coughs> I don't know. I don't know why people think they are so convinced that they wouldn't do that, or that I... Tibbs is like against it. Um, right. I don't understand why they think that just because he didn't do it. Like he did it once it was effective. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And when it was necessary. So I don't, I don't see why he would be opposed to it. Um, I don't, I don't think there would be anything wrong with Tibbs hoping that, that he doesn't have to do that because I think he's right to have reservations about it. Um, So I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean, this happens with almost every team and every sport with their fans. But I do feel like this particular Knicks team, like the the Leon Rose, Tibbs, Knicks, a lot of people project their feelings onto the team. That's so true. And yeah. it's weird. Like, we do, we yeah. all do it, and we all do it to varying degrees of the team. But this is like a, an epidemic among Knicks fans right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, they concoct a narrative in their head, and it's like, Tibbs, let's just do it. Like, you have no evidence of that whatsoever. They, they don't think quickly can be the starter. Who said that? Right, 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 right. I mean, he's like a late first round pick in his second year. Like, why would he have been the starting point guard? Like, um, and he's come on. And then at the down the stretch, he basically was. So I don't see why, like now he's sort of proving himself. That's nothing. I don't think they're like opposed to it, but. I think probably, too, what happened is that quickly came in and, you know, he was definitely energizing and super exciting early in his rookie season. So the push for him to start was so instant and then it just didn't happen. And then he didn't play quite as well. And then he came on again. But people have already given up on the idea of the starter because the first time they wanted him to be the starter, it didn't just happen right away. And so like, well, it's never going to happen. Like even when he played well, Tibbs didn't make him the starter. Yeah. Like his first month in the league. Yeah. 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 I just don't know how they view the, I don't know how I view the like quickly OB thing. Right. I mean, it's important, obviously how they view it. I think because it's less important how you and I view it, I'm just going to choose to view it as they'll be awesome. And let's do that. Right. Like I don't have to be right. And that's what I, you know, and that's what I want to happen. And I want to be right, of course. But like, right, right. It's okay if I'm, if you're not. Right, right. So that's that's what I would like them to do because that's what I want to see them do. Also, too, like, if we're going to suck, I would rather suck with guys I know and like and then start to not like them, obviously. But I don't want to get people I don't know to come watch them lose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so curious. Like, do you think they're going to start some kind of major exodus of, of Burks and um, Noel and Rose? 
Or do you, you think mean, those like, guys will be back next year? I, I just think it's like it, it really depends on what's available to us and, and what we can make happen. You know, I don't think they're just going to like send them off to do it. It's like, what can we get? What are we going to do? You know? Right. I don't know. What do you think? I think somebody's got to go, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Noel, I uh, seems like, I, you know, what would be the point of Noel? I mean, unless you let Mitchell Robinson go, I guess. Um, but even then, wouldn't you almost rather have like Taj and, um, Jericho, Jericho Sims. Sims, yeah, than than Noel, or no? I would say like yes, but yeah, Noel's good though when he's good. He is, and Taj is. Look, yeah. I love Taj. I really have, yeah. but he's so old, man. Like yeah, this, yeah. any year could be there. Any game could be the game where it's just gone. Yeah, know? that's true. So I feel like if you could have Noel instead of Taj, you just do that because it's. I guess there's, I don't see how you could have Mitchell and Noel again. One of them has to be gone. Yeah. Um, I guess Mitch is our lead domino, right? That's the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know everybody wants Fournier out here, but I don't think I'm, I like Fournier by the end of the year played really well. Like he's good. Yeah. I don't think you like have to get rid of him. I agree. I, he, right. He was good at the end of like, we were a different team at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. We really were. You know, right. We were good down the stretch. Like yeah. we really played well. Right. Um, so, and, and he was a big part of it. I don't know if he has to like start, but I don't see whether they have to like get rid of him. Um, but he and Grimes, that still feels like that's a nice tandem of wing players. Totally agree. I think too, like people are mad at Fournier because, you know, he was not very good for a pretty yeah. big stretch of the season. But I also feel like Fournier disappointed me. Randall betrayed me. Right, right. And that's where it's like, that's where the difference is in my personal feelings towards the two of them. I know. I'm like trying to make space for Randall to like come back and be good and have that be cool. But it's so hard to not just be like, get him out of here so we can just put Obi in and see what he's got. And just, you know, like... That's what we got to do. Yeah. I think too, I don't know. I hope Leon Rose realizes that he, that if Randall comes out this year with the same attitude he had last year, it's going to get so bad in the garden. Yeah. Like it's, it's not going to be good for the team. Like, you know what I mean? You don't want to take a loss on the guy, but if he, if he comes back and he's flipping people off and he's, you know, pulling the same stuff that he pulls and dribbling off his foot and crunch time and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like people are going to start to freak out. Yeah, that's true. And then you're going to, then what do you do? Then you got to get rid of him. Now you've got two years of him being bad and fan base turned on him. Yeah. And how are you going to trade him now? Yeah. Right. So they, they, they have to keep that in mind, but yeah, I don't know. I I think first we got to see what they do with Mitch. I think that's the other problem too. I'm trying not, not to get caught up in, like, I was thinking to myself today when, when Matt sent us that text about Brogdon. I was like, I hadn't really thought about the Knicks for a little bit. And now this, like, this is kind of stressing me out. And I just think it's any of us. When you start to think about the Knicks offseason, I just want all the information right away. I know. You know, like, just give me, lay it all out for me. Tell me everything's going to And then I'll just know, you know. The uncertainty is just because it's like I have no inkling. And Leon Rose doesn't talk to anybody. I know. Well, this is particularly brutal because you have a finals that I'm really not interested in. So I'm not yeah. enjoying it. I just want it over so we can get to the stuff. You've got a really interesting draft. You've got this super interesting off season ahead for the Knicks where I just want to know what the hell they're going to do. Right. It seems absolutely pivotal for the next five years of what the franchise is going to be. They have all these decisions to make. And instead we're watching this like really dreary finals, which I find to be, it has not been very compelling. And I think it's very weird year where you have two teams, neither of which I think are all that special. Um, and I just want it over. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, speaking of things, I kind of just want to be over, even though I don't want it to be over. Have you been following the January 6th hearings, Brian? <laughs> no. Oh, really? You haven't? No. I mean, I saw very little of oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah. Because you're off Twitter. 
Yeah. Are you still off Twitter? Yeah. I mean, Good for I'm you. Not, yeah. It's still off Instagram? I'm not off Instagram. I took the phone off. I still check it in a browser. I mean, I took the app off. Okay. Um, but I'm losing it less, which is good. Um, All right, that's good. But uh, not. I can't totally get rid of it. I need the boobs and the butts. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I have to say, the January 6th hearings are like, it's like when you watch WWF as a kid and one of the bad guys was out there presumably to do something bad and all of a sudden takes their chair and hits a, a bad another bad guy and joins forces with the good guys right and you're just so this this rush of like <laughs> not only do i get to root for you but you're actually still going to deploy all your bad guy tricks against right. the bad guys and and it's going to be amazing for like a brief period of time and that's kind of having, look, it's a deal with the devil, but one of the Cheneys is in our midst. Right. And she's right. really good at this stuff. Right. That you is know? funny. Right. Her using her horrifying skills for good. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> so it's kind of great to see the Republicans are getting Republican, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's horrifying. The whole thing is horrifying. Yeah. It's like, it was so bad in the moment. And it's like, it's worse. It's worse than you thought. Right, right, right. It, it really is. I don't know. I do feel like the tide is turning a little bit. Like this, it's like enough people are like, geez, this is her. I, I think, you know what I think a lot of it is too? And, and, and this was like, I remember a lot of people talking about this back when the Mueller investigation was going on in that the Mueller investigation was not able to provide what Watergate did. And I like, there's also a lot of articles floating around right now about this is different, blah, blah, blah. And it is. Okay, fine. But there were tapes that people got to actually hear Nixon. And that was really horrifying. And that was just like the end for some people. Yeah. And while they don't, they don't have Trump on tape. It's like people who work directly for Trump, including his attorney general, are are just like on tape and you see their faces and you see them talking about him. And it's like it's jarring. And and it and it's and it's also and I'm glad people are doing this on Twitter, but you know, Bill Barr, we're hearing this assessment of Trump from you in pretty stark language. He's saying like it was bullshit, it was you know, he's crazy, all this stuff. You want to give us a heads up when you step down? Like, right. you resigned before January 6th. Might have helped us if you'd have said, yeah, this, this guy's up to something. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, when you say, like, what, what you think what happens as a result of these hearings? I don't know what happens. I, I, I don't, and I don't know that it's going to lead to a concrete thing. Like, I don't know that you're going to say, you know, because the January 6th ha- hearings happened, then we saw this happen. But I think that there's just going to be enough of an uptick of people who have to grapple with casting a vote for Trump. Right. Like, you can't just both sides this one. You can't just, like... I mean, people will try, you know, Jack Del Rio. But what about Black Lives Matter? Like, you know, people will try... But I think if you're a reasonable person who, uh, you know, has any interest in the right thing, you see this and you're like, this is terrible. This is just not a way a person should act in any capacity. Like if you were, forget being the president of the United States. If you were like president of your kid's little league, you should not be acting this way. Right. But haven't there been so many moments that were like that with Trump that... And he, you know, people. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess this the difference being that in those instances, he was reacting horribly to things that are already happening. Where in this, it's like clearly he is seeking out. Like, I, I do think they're building this case effectively that he he did have intent to send an angry mob to Congress 
to scare the shit out of everybody. Right. In the hopes that they'll be scared enough to just, you know, do what he wants them to. Right. <laughs> like, I really think that's what he did. And he yeah. knew that's what he was doing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And I think it's becoming like they're proving it. And they're proving it by like video and recorded. They're not reading it out. Like it's recorded video statements from, you know, people, known entities who work for him. Right. Right. But like, is he, I guess, I don't know. It's like, he's not going to get criminally charged, right? No. He'll still be the front runner for the Republican nomination in 2024. Yep. Correct. He might even win the presidency. Again. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Democrats a, are going to lose in the midterms horribly. Yeah. Oh, horribly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... I, Right. It's not going to change anything, probably. Right. I'm being a little optimistic today. And again, I think my optimism is driven mostly by at least we have one of the Republicans working on it. Right. And they know that the only fight you have is a fight to the death. Right. The Democrats have no sense of that. I guess maybe this could get us President DeSantis instead. <laughs> is, that... is that better? <laughs> Which it is. It's a little better. Um, uh, maybe it's pre- it's better in like you know a sense of like less likely for a nuclear winter you know well that's true yeah yeah right all right <laughs> which is big that's important that's right we don't want that <laughs> right that'd that would be really bad yeah that would I wouldn't like that <laughs> um so you know a decent reduction in the the chances of total human-wide annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, then some other negatives. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. President DeSantis, I'm sure, would not allow Disney to release their new movie with a same-sex couple in it. Right, right. Anyway, I'm sure these hearings are absolutely not worthless. That's the Democratic... <laughs> Democratic Party <laughs> motto. Right. Absolutely not worthless. <laughs> I don't know. I would honestly challenge that. Right. Slogan. Right. <laughs> Is it absolutely right? Not, absolutely like... not worthless. <laughs> I think drop absolutely. Like... <laughs> All right, Brian. Know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just I I've had it with the Democratic Party and politics in general. And, no, me too. I blame them at this point. Yeah, because they just they you know look at some point it's Charlie Brown's own fault for trying to kick that football. Right. Just keep on right. walking, pal. Yeah. You know, or <laughs> or just aim for Lucy. You know. Right. But there one way or another, right. stop doing the same thing. <laughs> right. Aim for Lucy and kick her in the face. <laughs> Brian, we're going to cut things a little bit short today. We're on a tight schedule, but uh, it's good to talk to you, Brian. I hope you feel better. All right. Sounds good. All right.